welcome to uh, <clears throat> Midday Ramblings with Q, a podcast series hosted <laughs> by the Untitled Van Life uh, Project. Is that how we uh, refer to it? It's like a sub series <laughs> of the Untitled Van Life Project. Sub series, yeah, yeah. sub series. I don't know. We also haven't done one of these in like two or three months, so they don't, don't know that. I, they don't need I, to know that. They'll never know. Yeah, sure. They'll never that time know. Doesn't They'll never e- know. Audience, time doesn't exist anyway, so don't listen to me. And that's the end of the podcast. All right, and bye. And that's a wrap. <laughs> bye. Okay, today, everyone, we are talking about um, uh, something that I have been obsessing over for over a month, which is Bo Burnham's new special on Netflix called Inside. <clears throat> um, and we are Caleb, Amy, and Cusick also. Yeah. We intro oh, right. ourselves. I, if you're just joining this ourselves? podcast. Who, what, how many strangers are listening to this? Do we have to introduce Hundreds, ourselves? dude. Hundreds of strangers. Yeah, we do like, have to introduce ourselves. Who gives a ourselves. shit? Yes, we have to introduce right. ourselves. Okay. <clears throat> okay, well, that's Caleb, Caleb and Amy. They're badasses living in a van. And I am known as Q. You don't know if my ass is good um, or bad, bro. Step off. I bet he knows, right, actually. Well, do you? When's the last time you saw my ass? I know you've when's seen it in your I, life. When's, when's, when's so when's the last, the last time, time you ate, saw my ate ass? Your ass? Oh when's the last wow! Time I okay. Ate your ass. We're gonna we're going down a different path here. <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, never final answer. <laughs> okay. Well, I went down your road uh, for you. Um, <laughs> you mean anyway. my landing strip? <laughs> uh, five points. To for, to Gryffindor. Um, <laughs> yes. So, so yeah, Bo Burnham's Inside has been pretty popular. I think it was, like, trending in the top ten for the first couple weeks it was out on Netflix, probably. Man, um, I, like, already want to watch it again, just after talking about it for, like, three minutes. Just after hearing that it landed in Netflix's top ten. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I genuinely would... I mean, obviously, it's my opinion, but I would call it a masterpiece. It's a goddamn masterpiece. Um, which I'm also a big like comedy fan, but this is you're a huge you know, comedy fan, dude. I'm I'm a pretty big comedy fan, but this isn't you know your standard stand-up comedy. Uh, Bo Burnham did a special while during the pandemic while he was stuck inside. I mean, I would I also uh, would not have said that his other I've only seen one of his other specials, but it's not your regular stand-up comedy either. Oh it's yeah, it's a very he's, he's, special brand he's got going. He's got a very special type of comedy. Um, apparently he was uh, really inspired by some like Dutch comedian whose name escapes me, but kind of this absurdist Dutch comedian that no one's heard of, including myself. But um, PewDiePie? Not PewDiePie. I think PewDiePie is Swedish. Yeah, I think you're right. right. Amy, you don't uh, know who PewDiePie is? No. Oh no. my gosh. I don't. You know, Bo, Bo Burnham looks a little. Yes, bit like yes, PewDiePie. yes. He does. They remind they look, me. They look. They look a little similar. So, Inside. <laughs> inside yeah, inside probably, by Bo Burnham. Like, I already know how much we're going to talk about this, so I feel like we need to go ahead and start talking about yeah, it. Yeah, we should probably start talking about it. Wait, Cusick, you um, said that you were going to apologize to the listeners for how much we're going to break oh, right. into the songs in Inside yeah, first, I do, and you have I yet do to do that, preface, so I'm holding you to it. I'm I holding you accountable. Who's going to hold you accountable? Preface. You're problematic. He's a problem. Um, I want to go ahead and apologize for two things. One, I feel like I'm losing my voice, and two, all three of us are probably going to, uh, all three of us are probably going to break into song, uh, 
because a lot of these songs are really intense earworms and they're really catchy. <laughs> earworms. Uh, I like that rare. term, earworms. But uh, if you if you haven't watched Bo Burnham's special, don't listen to this podcast until you've watched the damn thing. It's an hour and a half. We're probably going to spend at least an hour and a half talking about it. And also, uh, if you want to just listen to one or the two of like either our, our podcast or Bo Burnham's Inside, go with Bo Burnham's Inside. Absolutely, absolutely. J.K. was one hundred percent. Well, all right, whatever. Yeah, plug yourself. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's a goddamn masterpiece. You should watch it before you listen to us talk about it. Um, but I'm I'm gonna I I went I just watched it for a third time. And I wrote a lot of notes, and I like hyper analyzed it, and I'll probably say lots of pretentious things. But I'm a bit of a, I absorb a lot of media, and it's very clear that Bo Burnham has absorbed a lot of media and has analyzed the evolution of the internet and social media. And I mean, he got his start on YouTube. He, like back in 2006, he was 15 or 16. He made YouTube videos, and that's actually how he rose to fame. So he has a he also has an interesting um, trajectory of how he got to where he is and he has maybe a more unique and deeper understanding of um, the pros and cons of internet culture or the internet zeitgeist that we're slash internet curse that we are living through um i, I don't even know where to start though well like, so like, i think you were talking about it before i interrupted you but it this whole special is basically kind of a uh meta narrative on everyone's last year in the world where we were stuck inside due to due to the pandemic and well i would yeah i would say it's a it's a meta narrative on yeah the past year and a lot of people being stuck inside during the pandemic and then as well as yeah the internet age and yeah and an analysis of yeah the internet and social media evolving uh within the past you know 15 to 25 years Um, and then also just like an interesting like setting i guess for for this special is he decided to film it all in one room. So yes. I think he's in... Well, he was trapped inside. Probably I think, because he was quarantined. Where does Bo Burnham live? Well, hold on. It's, I, th- it's I think it's he's his in his guest, guest house. house. Yeah, he's in his guest house. Yeah, he's in his guest house. And yeah. so he just decided to do it in his guest house and just like in this one big room in there. He also does, since he's quarantined, he's not like seeing anyone, no one's coming over, he decided to do everything. He decided to obviously write all the material and perform it, right. but then also he decided to do the lights for this whole thing. He decided to produce it and you know be the person yeah. you know on the camera yeah, the he, whole time. He decided to edit everything, which includes his, which includes just video stuff, and then also includes like music and music producing. Yeah, um, yeah. I, mean, I mean he made this is, liter- it, this is literally a one man show. Yeah, he yeah. made like, like his... a full length album first mm-hmm. off with the yeah. with the musical yeah. production and then he turned every one of those songs into a Mini full music on video. music music video with like top notch production from lights to camera work sound uh, yeah and then also interspersed just some pacing and some comedy elements and some sketches and he thing. wrote it all and he wrote it all. <laughs> wrote it directed yeah. edited produced produced shot which is crazy um which i think I think it was 2018 he wrote and directed a film called Eighth Grade, which I still haven't watched. I rented it from the library, but I haven't watched it yet, so I don't want to um, talk about that too much. But he has written and directed a film. So, you know, he, he, got, he put his finger in that pie a few years back. 
But did he um, act in but, that film? Was he the only character in that film? Um, did he write? No, 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 no. And he also, he's have, only directing he himself. Does that actor. even count? Like, yes, it counts. Uh, yeah, we never sure. put directed by Titans Tube. Thanks for watching Titans Tube. We directed all of oh, those. Wow. Old school plug. Um, <laughs> Yo, no, that is new, dude. It's, it's still, still going. going. On. Oh, still go- oh, Way great. to keep Just up. If you're a Tennessee Titans fan, go Sorry. check out Titans Tube on you YouTube. Yeah, you should. Um, but yeah, so <clears throat> I guess um, after the intro song called Content, uh, which is already funny but it's only like a minute and a half uh you see a lot of shots of Bo's like process you know you see him like measuring things and messing with a lot of the lights and looking at the monitors or just kind of looking at a reflection of himself whatever he's using uh, he's looking at computers to view angles um and then it kind of slowly zooms in into the blackness of uh the cam one of the cameras he uses um and then he he begins uh, the second song uh, is called comedy, and um, the lighting actually at the very beginning of comedy is also similar to the lighting he uses at Welcome to the Internet. There's also a lot of like really little, especially watching it the third time. I caught all these callbacks that I hadn't caught the first time. Um, well, I mean, also like, back to the production, it's very impressive, but it's still just one dude in one room. So his options oh, were yeah. still very limited in terms yeah, of like limited. what he can do with lighting. I mean, the content song, which you just brought up, which is one of my favorite visual moments is at the end of that song when he's just sitting in the chair with the headlamp on oh, and yeah. he shines it at yeah. a disco ball that he has clearly hung up for that purpose. And it just turns the room yeah. into like a disco and like that. Yeah. Uh, like that idea and direction and execution is brilliant, but like you can only do so much more with the amount of like space he had, literally. So, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think I he had some limitations, exact... but he did like amazing with those limitations. Well, yeah, but I, th- I think limitations force people often to become more creative. That can be true. Um, and so, yeah, I can't think of a proper quote, but yeah, I think the fact that he was limited to one room and he was limited to he's doing everything. I mean, there's certain points where you see him using a little remote to do lights. Uh, when he does a song about turning 30, he's using pedals to turn lights on and off. Um, so uh, it's just, inc- I mean, he's such a incredible performer. Um, like yeah, he's a, he's a fucking him, performer. That's what he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a- a- aspects of him like remind me of um not as high energy necessarily, but he, like Jim Carrey and Robin Williams are two um big comedy names that well, I don't know are so like multi-talented uh, that he reminds me I of. I think he perhaps. almost like kind of in his self-awareness, you know, calls back uh Weird Al in this in the sketch where oh, he's yeah, like he's right. like mixed between Weird Al and what who is it Malcolm X? Malcolm mm-hmm. X. And it's yeah. like well, and then a, he's in the middle joke. of those and that's I really joke, thought even I think before watching the special I was like yeah, Bo Burnham like really remind me reminded me of Weird Al. He's like making these funny songs. He's yeah. like performing these comedy sketches like musicals almost. Right. And like that Which is I very don't... much Weird Al. I don't know if I mentioned this on the music podcast that we did, but uh, my first concert ever was Weird Al. I was about to say, you I were a huge it. Weird Al fan, dude. You I got me into Weird Al. Weird Al. Yeah, I was a huge Weird Al fan when I was a kid. I was maybe six or seven. Like, there were there were spoof songs that Weird Al did yeah. that I, like, heard the spoof song before I heard... Like, I heard Smells Like Nirvana before I ever heard Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. Yeah. 
yeah. You know, so like, um, that's but, but yeah. yeah. And also but, uh, yeah. white and white and dirty. Mm-hmm. What was that called? No, red and dirty. Oh, he did a white, white, white and dirty. dirty. White, white and dirty. dirty was ride, a good one. I had I had I had heard red and dirty before. Uh, ride, red ride and dirty. Right. <laughs> Before I had heard white and nerdy, but something's uh, but weird yeah, in growing the up, I, today. Today, yeah, what it is. so many great Weird Al songs. So I love Weird Al. So it, it makes sense that I gravitate towards Bo Burnham as well. I had seen his other specials, but truthfully, like Bo Burnham to me was just another interesting comedy mind that I enjoyed. It wasn't until this special that came out about a month and a half ago that I, like the past month and a half, I've been Bo Burnham obsessed. I went and rewatched. His special What, I rewatched Make Happy, which was his last special in 2015 or 16, I think. Um, I've been watching a lot of interviews. I've tried to avoid watching people talking about Inside because I wanted to create my, or I wanted to have my own thoughts. I didn't just want to regurgitate what I'd heard other people talk about it. But I've been just going down a deep Bo Burnham black hole of just interviews with him and stuff like that. So, um but yeah, it makes sense being a Weird Al fan as a kid that I would I would like Bo Burnham. But Bo Burnham is also just very introspective. Um, he's a master of irony. Um, like his song "Sad" in the special "What." I don't know if you remember that one, Caleb. But I do not. That is that but is. We're talking about inside. So. We're talking about inside. So back back to inside. Um, I think he's just also yeah, like, uh, one thing, and and I think you hit it right on. Well, one the first song con- or content the intro right. but then especially the kind of like the ballad that is the song comedy next and that whole performance just like his self-awareness of his spot in society too like where his comedy fits in and then also like what's been going on in the world is just uh, i mean he's he's just a very aware guy like he's very smart and very intelligent and he knows how to like like work into those cracks and like make a joke about it in between like yeah. the dark and the light of how people are feeling yeah and in comedy i mean he even poses the question like should we be mm-hmm. joking and yes such a dark and i think that was like so this? like that's how everyone felt last year anyone mm-hmm. who was who yeah. liked to make jokes they're like oh shit should i be joking at a time like this time like this yeah um and i uh on this third watch through that I did earlier today, I also uh, hadn't done this yet. I kind of paused because in comedy, there's a few like white bulletin boards that mm-hmm. he's written a lot of notes on. And yes, so I, I, I always wanted to pause on I, those. <laughs> uh, I, I just did that. I paused that and I like took some notes. You know, he's got a question of, he's kind of questioning like meanness in comedy. Does comedy have to be mean spirited necessarily? That's what his uh, whiteboard said. Well, there, I mean, there's. There's a couple scenes. There's there's like four different um, times where the whiteboard is filled with different things. There's like four different ones. But there's one where he's kind of analyzing comedy and it's like movies and TV sitcoms and podcasts. And like, you know, he he basically like subtly is, you know, mentioning and making fun of everybody. Like uh, there's one that's like Harvard grad speaking truth to power, which will... For those that don't know, a lot of people that graduate from Harvard write for SNL, Conan, uh, which I love Conan, but Conan was a Harvard grad. And it's like, well, are these Rip people... Rip Conan. I mean, these, pe- these people came from... Well, yeah, he rips... In a sense, he rips Conan. He rips Joe. I meant like no, R.I.P. Like R.I.P. Conan. Conan's not a thing anymore. Late, well, oh, he is. Yeah, you're right. He just left. He finally, yeah, he finally retired from late night. 
He, uh, Conan's still doing a podcast. I, I haven't checked it out recently. Well, he's so also he's apparently doing, doing a new podcast. show on like HBO Max too, which is why he left the oh, late really? night mm-hmm. slot. But oh, he's been doing the late night slot for like, over two decades yeah. or something. A long time. Yeah. yeah 20, 25 years or 20 Yeah, it's been a long time. Which, uh, like, another person I grew up with, uh, Beyond Weird Al, I used to, like, sneak out of my bed at night to watch Conan after my parents went to bed. Like, Conan was the first late night show and late <laughs> sneak night show I watched as well. I did. I would sneak out of my room. Like, to watch Conan. I think Conan started at, like, 11.35, and I would, my like, my mom would go to bed after my dad, and she'd go to bed at maybe 11, and I'd, like, sneak out of bed and, like, turn Conan on. It worked out perfectly. Conan. Um, but yeah, like that one of those boards. It makes fun. It, like it vaguely mentions Friends and Seinfeld and Rick and Morty and like every like everything is like on that board. And it's very clear that he, you know, has absorbed a lot of media, a lot of TV shows, movies, uh, pop culture. You know, like he he probably I wouldn't be surprised if he's like essentially a historian on pop culture which a lot of comedians are they they absorb a lot of media. which is also I would think PewDiePie is a expert on pop culture is this a podcast on PewDiePie it should maybe be. I, I don't I don't know much about PewDiePie I've only watched a little bit of him but uh, I know he was a big deal I actually I mean compared to people out there I know zero percent about PewDiePie I just know that he's the biggest youtuber of all time is, is he still the biggest Yeah, I think he's still I know the he was. YouTuber. Okay, interesting. Okay, interesting. I know he was. I didn't know if he still was. But uh, so after... Uh, Aaron, fact check? Yeah, yeah, we'll get Aaron on that. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers is yeah. fact checking for us. He has uh, retired from the Packers, and he's just fact checking for the Untitled Band Life podcast. And sometimes he hosts Jeopardy. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, but there's another board that's like, um, it's like time equals money comedy equals tragedy uh, or like tragedy is 9-11 so comedy is like 9-11 plus money or something uh, anyway um, which he also mentions 9-11 in Welcome to the Internet right before the towers fell uh, but after comedy he uh, he kind of gives his like talking intro of like hey I'm working on a special don't know what this is yet he also um, <laughs> the first thing he says that isn't in song form. He goes, hi! Um, and then in his goodbye song, he does a bye! <laughs> which is another little, just fun little rhyme thing at the beginning and end of the special that I appreciated. Um, but the camera's never, like even if his camera's stationary, it's never static. He kind of does a lot of slow zoom-ins or slow zoom-outs to kind of keep you visually I wonder what kind of editing software he uses if he's using like you know Premiere Pro probably but you know he might be he might be a Final Cut guy he could be um but so the next song is like FaceTime with my mom and that's where it's I guess the first time that uh it's funny or it's like clever I guess that he makes the video for that in phone format I guess yeah yeah yeah. like Mm -hmm. the, the screen the screen is um you know, a third. If you're watching on a TV, it becomes like a third of the TV, like you're staring at a the middle third phone screen. So, Kuzik, have you ever listened? Have you ever just listened to the special outside of watching it? Oh yeah, I've, I've listened. So I guess to he released all the times. songs from the special on like you can stream them, 
and we have actually I think done that more than watch the special Mm -hmm. but it was cool after like we saw the special first and then we listened to the album of the songs he wrote for it for like probably like five or six times and then we went back to the special and like were able to reattach to the visuals and it was really cool yeah, because, oh, yeah. you know, the first time you watch it through, like, the visuals and the songs are new to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, so you're kind to, like, of, catch yeah. you're taking both in at yeah. the same time. But then, yeah, after we had, like, we knew the songs, like, we could just sing them on our own. And then watching <laughs> yeah. it, I feel Which, like I was able to catch way more visual things because I wasn't oh, yeah, having yeah. to pay attention to what he was saying or the lyrics because I already knew them. Yes. I will say a yeah. warning for those who haven't seen the special, if you haven't, but by now, if you're still in the podcast, come on, you've seen it. Uh, the songs get are very catchy and will get stuck in your head and you'll be singing them a lot, oh, whether yes. you like oh, them or not. But Angel you'll probably like them. But, oh my God, I think we sing, we sing at least four or five of them a day yeah. since we've watched oh, the yeah. special. I, I think ever since I watched the special the first time, I've, I, there hasn't been a day that's gone by where I've lit, sung one of the songs to myself, if not multiple of the songs, like every day. So a lot of those songs are stuck in my head. As much as I'm loving the new King, in fact, as much as I'm loving the new King Gizzard album, I'm probably singing more Bo Burnham. Right uh, now. Definitely same here. I think we might have even listened to Mo. Nah, we listen to the new King Gizzard album a lot. We do. Okay, um, so Facetime with my mom is funny because of just how relevant it is to that time period of 2020. Like, I mean, this song could fit, I think, in any time period of living that FaceTime is a thing. So I guess any time within the last four or five years, Mm -hmm. it would make sense. And, like, it could be kind of funny. But just after 2020, like, it adds a whole nother level of, like... yeah. Oh, yeah, especially during the pandemic, like, if you weren't living in the same town as your family or if you just were just, you know, extra paranoid and be like, well, maybe I shouldn't see my parents because they're older and I don't want to have them catch COVID. What if I give it to them? You know, there's, you know, extra paranoia about that. Yeah, the idea of FaceTiming your parents was definitely something that a and lot like of people did. And making it, understand. making it like a thing, like, pour me a drink and clear my schedule. Pour me a drink and clear my schedule. Yeah, and then um, one of my favorite parts of that song is when <laughs> when his mom calls his dad over, and she's like, "Say hi to dad." Oh yeah, oh, yeah. look who's here. Yeah, she's like, "Look who's here." Say yes, hi to your yes. dad. And he, his dad asked, "How's it going?" And he just says, "Not so bad." And he says, "That's the the deepest conversation you've we've ever had." had. <laughs> he really nails exactly what a FaceTime session with your mom is like. Like they're very on point with yeah. the the subject matter. Yeah, uh, and uh, I don't know, that one, that one's also a pretty short song, and like, after that song is done, there's kind of a segue where you see him opening his laptop and like starting to editing. There's a lot of interesting like shots of him, you get to see him in his editing process sometimes too, or just like analyzing what he just was working on. Like after the Instagram song, you see him like watching it, and he uses um, the lighting from the screens a lot uh, to use just like from his phone or his laptop. Okay, so do you scenes. think when he's doing that and like all the kind of in-between song parts or in-between bits, bit parts where he's like reorganizing things or like trying to set the camera and he pulls his phone and the camera falls over or yeah. um, or him editing and watching himself or him like testing lights, whatever. Do you think all of that was staged or no? I was going to pose that question because there are some there are a lot of times where I don't think 
where I think it, it is organic, but there are other times, like, right before he turns 30, you know, he's sitting in front of a clock oh, yeah. saying he's about to turn mm-hmm. 30, and I'm like, is that the moment mm-hmm. that he turned 30, or did he recreate the moment that he turned I kind of think that was the moment. I think it, that one, I think it was. I don't think the song was the moment, but I think that moment was the moment. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, it, it very well could have been because, you know, he said he was like, I think when he turned 30, he's roughly six months in and he admits that he initially was hoping to be done by the time he turned 30. Yeah. But I think, well, he doesn't say it out loud. I think he was, as many people, he was probably expecting the pandemic to not last that yeah. long. So, um, so, and there's also like a moment on the second half, there's a, there's an intermission in the second half where like he like breaks down and you see him get really angry and you see him genuinely cry see i wondered if that was real or not yeah yeah well like that was what i was wondering i was like it's clear that i'm sure during the pandemic you know he talks about some of his mental health issues but it's like how many times is was he filming those things did he use those real moments or did he recreate Mm -hmm. the moments that he was kind of suffering through during the pandemic and i you know i that's one of the big questions that you know is not answered and i don't really think it necessarily needs to be answered it doesn't but i definitely i I definitely wonder that even the aspects when uh the one time he you see him um sitting on the floor and playing a song and he plays through it and then he's like okay one more time or even that the the final song he sits down he's like closing song test number one and then the song starts like those shots i feel like are very organic and happening in the moment but then like the production of the song he like he like works he like intersplices real life with or like real footage of the moment happening with like and then some stage and like well i mean react reenact and it's obviously like um well, when he does Welcome to the Internet, I mean, it feels like a live performance, but then there are moments where the camera gets a little goes everywhere. And it's like, obviously, he had to stop and move the camera to get those shots. Otherwise, in that main shot, you would see cameras everywhere that he was moving. Well, to. he probably so like, like played it through once live and then just kept on playing it and moving the camera each time. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I assume that's how he and did it. And just, like, lip syncing um, to it. I mean, but all the kind of, like, emotional stuff that we were wondering about, like, there is one part I, like, really, really vividly remember, I think will always stick out to me from the special, is, like, I think it's toward, it's in the second half, it's kind of towards the end, he just, like, sits in the front of the camera, and all he can get out is, like, I've not been doing well. And then he just starts, like... Is that when he's at, like, right. when he's, like, I'm at an ATL, not Atlanta. No, no, <laughs> no. This is a, this is a different time. But he literally sits down and says, I've not been doing well. And then he just starts. Like crying. Breaks right? down. Breaks, breaks down. down. And so I want, I, that's the main, that's like the first one where I was like, okay, I wonder if that was actually in the moment. Like if he was really trying to like speak a little bit more about how he hasn't been doing well and he just couldn't. Yeah. Or even if it wasn't, you know, even if he like set that up and kind of like reenacted that. I definitely think that and then any other thing like that in the special where he's like there's another one where he's like editing something and he or he's trying to like say something and he keeps like stopping himself in the middle of what he's saying. He's like, fuck, no. And he restarts. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's when he gets to a full year. Yeah. Like I've been I've been working on this for a full year now. And it's like he can't he can't get through his monologue of what he's trying to say. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, like though, really yeah, that one. And then the moment he breaks down saying he hasn't been doing well, whether those actually happened in the moment or not, I definitely think they were like inspired by a real moment the that moment, he did yeah. have. Yeah. So whether that yeah. moment happened on camera or not, 
it was still real still at one time. Yeah, he's he's still showing incredible vulnerability, yeah. whether that's yeah. the original organic moment or a recreation. He's showing, and, like, he's personal. showing incredible vulnerability while also being the center of attention and getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yes. But like this an intent and like an uh, intentional vulnerability of like, no, this act, like, this is how I think of it. Like, no, I actually, like, responded this way one time. This is actually how I'm feeling. Like. And I want to get this. I didn't have the camera at the moment, but I'm going to get it on camera now just so people can yeah. see really what I'm going through or really what this is doing to me and probably to other people, too. Oh, yeah. Which, I mean, I, I think I told you guys this, but as, as uh, this often happens, our first uh, podcast was about the Midnight Gospel, and that was something that I watched and obnoxiously told you guys to watch until you did. And then that was the origin of this podcast beginning, though. Um, I did the same thing with this special. I was like, you guys got to watch it. You guys got to watch it. You guys got to watch it. You would not talk to us about uh, anything else till we watched it. Pretty. I, I could. Well, I like I couldn't not think about it. And I was like, you guys have to understand what I'm talking about. And now we Although can't not fun. sing it or sing one <laughs> exactly. song of it. I will say. Jeffrey as as Bezos. Bezos. As far as my suggestions go to you guys, I think I've, I'm. Like maybe at one hundred percent on the, you know, like yeah, that's your rating. Something. I give it like a seventy-five that's, well, that's on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm not saying I'm not saying I hit it all out of the park. I'm just saying if I suggest something to you guys, it takes you a while to either listen to it or watch whatever I'm suggesting. But once you do, uh, I I was right. Look, this that's was a good one, but you know what? I'm gonna this was a good one, but I'm also gonna interject some criticism to balance it out. I just. Okay, yeah. I just want to be right all the time. Yeah, and you are. You are right all the, the time. Uh, You're Lord, not right all Lord the time. Cusick, but, uh, but you know, if uh, I will say, you know, I was intrigued by, I loved the Bo Burnham special I had seen years ago. And obviously when you said this new one was great and we watched it, but you fell asleep the first time, Amy. But I told um, you, I told you I was going to fall asleep. I did think though, the first time, the first watching experience, I thought does, it does drag on too long. Like, and though, like, songs stuck out to me and moments and, like, tunes, um, it wasn't until we then started listening to the album on repeat where I kind of wanted to go re back, uh, to go back to the visuals and rewatch the whole thing, even the parts that aren't in the album. But yeah. uh, I still think, even this day, there's a few songs that, while albeit are funny, seem like they could have been cut. And it would have made yeah, it a little I mean, tighter I, in terms of like the overall flow, I which I think the, actually the album kind of has more than the special. True. Like, um, you know, we already mentioned FaceTime with my mom and I think like Problematic are two songs. What? That I are, love um, Problematic. I love Problematic. No, that one's perfect for the times. I think, I think FaceTiming oh, okay. with my I'm mom, not... but that's okay. Honestly, I think Sexting. That's the one that was oh, just really? like yeah. it's funny and comical and catchy, but I just I feel like it feels like a weird kind of interlude in the whole like meta narrative of the special. It's like I'm sure yeah well, people were sexing during the quarantine. Oh, but, I'm like, sure. Well, maybe it's because you couldn't relate to that, right? Maybe that's it. Right. But I can yeah. relate to Bo Burnham. He's a 30 year old white dude yeah. who grew up in a mostly suburban True. town, and he watched right. Family Guy yeah. in his free time. He wrote offensive shit, and then he said it. Yeah. Yeah, you and I have a lot of relatability to Bo Burnham. He was born the year after us, and uh, yeah. he's as old as you, right? Similar, he's similar a situation. year older than me. You're older than Amy, but um, 
I, I guess it's a valid point. I mean, even in his last song, uh, Goodbye, he implies that the special is only an hour, and it's actually an hour and a half. And normally comedy <laughs> specials are, are an hour. Are an hour. Um, but the reason why I think it works, I mean, you could argue... I yes, mean, it maximum, works but, at but, the end of the day, but yes. One, is it a one, perfect comedy uh, special? No. Maybe not a perfect comedy special, but I still think it's a masterpiece of media. I would go that Fair. far. But media is also um, typically very <laughs> shitty. Vaguely well, shitty. That's true. Perfectly awful, but not really thoughtful. Yeah. yeah. Perfectly lawful, but not very thoughtful. Um, well, first of all, there's an intermission at like 48 minutes or 46 minutes or something. Um, like roughly halfway through or a little over halfway through. And the first time I watched it, I actually watched only the first half. I watched um, up to intermission. And it, and it was, well, it was late at night. And I was like, I'm tired. I'm really glad there's an intermission. It was like 7.30. Point. I was like, yeah, no, 7.30. Pacific time. I'm not my father. Um, so, so I actually went to bed after the intermission. And then the next day after work, I watched the second half. But as soon as the second half was over, I was like, I want to watch all of that in one sitting. And I immediately watched it a second time, um, just like all at once. But I think it works because, A, the first half is more comedic. And then the second half um, is not as much a comedy special as more just like the, I don't know, just like a mind getting lost in being stuck inside and like i don't know you see more the uh, i don't have the right word but i don't know i feel like the first half and the second half yes they both have songs in it but i feel like they're also different and by the mm -hmm. end of it it doesn't even feel like by the end of the special it doesn't feel like a comedy special it feels like a it feels like you watched a film or something i i don't really know how to i like what I you know. said caleb um a few days ago and we were gonna like go into conversation about it and you're like no save it for the podcast so i'm saved you it saved now. it for the podcast you did it saving it for the podcast wow. but you, you said you said that yes because i felt the exact same way you mm -hmm. said that watching this feel you felt like it helped you process 2020 like it's helping oh, you yes. process 2020 and i was like yeah it's i feel been, the exact same way it's been almost as much a therapeutic ride as it has just been a purely like Funny. comedic ride like yeah. i love watching it and like replaying the songs in my head because it was very much similar to our experiences during last year when no one knew what the hell was going on oh yeah oh yeah and that's why i think it's a masterpiece and that's why i told you guys like anytime i it's not like i want to revisit 2020 but if i want to like mentally revisit 2020 like bo burnham's special inside is something i'll probably go back to every couple of years just to like remember that strange feeling that funny feeling if you will and but i, I did want to ask you guys because you know i was wondering how much you guys uh, related to it because you guys moved into a van during the pandemic i mean mm -hmm. i know uh there's still plenty of relatability whether you're doing van life or not with Bo Burnham's special, but uh, I was wondering if it hit differently for you guys because, yes, you were still dealing with all the, like, you know, anxieties and stress of the pandemic uh, globally hitting, but you also started van life, and I didn't know if, I don't know, if there was any disconnect uh, with the special because of that. I didn't feel any disconnect. I mean, we 
because we moved into the van in July, so we lived in a house for like you know three months. Yeah, three yeah, and a half day. months. Yeah. Of the most like intense quarantine time. Of the definitely the most intense quarantine time. I will not say like the That's height true. of the pandemic because I actually think the height of the pandemic, like numbers wise, was when we were in the van. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but like yeah. definitely like rules and regulations and quarantine wise, we were still in a house at that point. So I didn't really feel any disconnect. Honestly, the only thing I guess I felt real disconnect on um, is, I mean, the sexting song or just, you know, things like of him. <laughs> that one did not relate to us. That's why we do not well, like or it. Just, or We're like not sitting side by side in the van being like, not, oh, Amy, not show me when, your tits. Not even, not even when Amy uh, was doing her yoga class on the... Or, um, years back uh, you were a month apart oh when no, i was doing my yes. teacher training no because that's when you were in town and i and i think that's that's <laughs> when i would have to guess is when you ate my ass oh yeah well you know yeah. We were trying to that, was probably, that was probably that was probably time. the last time you you saw it um, um but i mean okay. well that and just i mean just you know the general concept i mean outside of like sexting and being alone sexually during a pandemic and not really like i'm sure dating was just insane and very weird Weird, the last 12 months i mean dating i think is already weird i think right now or just pre-pandemic but i'm sure once pandemic hit it was even more weird but so yeah the idea of him being alone like totally alone like sex not only sexually but also just physically like there's no one in that room with him that's something I could not relate to because yeah, I, was, I did have I wish, Caleb with me I wish all the time. I, I wish I could add proper commentary to that, but I sadly live my life as if I'm asexual even though I'm not. But I felt like sexting was very relevant because, yes, a lot of people probably were sexting during the pandemic. And also it's just another thing where, like, so I much know, of I thought it was, like, 2006. Yeah, maybe, but, like... Not what, with the what, emojis. What, Those weren't around 2006. Not with the emojis, yeah. but... See, that's the thing. We, we don't, don't need, need phonetic diction. But it's more about the frightened dick with the we'll flash, like dirty that. like the ancient Egyptians. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know when well, sexting began. But I thought, like, like I said, he does so many different media-type things. Like, I mean, sexting is a thing of the modern age. Um, Sexting uh, with emoji, like he even added another layer. Sexting oh, with, yeah. emojis. with emojis. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Well, besides the physical setting of the special where he is like stuck in one room, like I and I think you mentioned it earlier, Cusick. Like some of the theme and the like virtual setting for the comedy is like how he's relating to the virtual world and communicating to people through right. the internet right. and his relationship to like that to the world wide web as opposed to him physically being stuck in a room. Like, overall, it's still, like, he can go and think and search and see anything he wants. And, like, he can tweet a racial slur or he can send a picture of his dick or he can, you know, he can engage in any type of way. And I think, overall, that's kind of, like, where the special was hitting. So, like, physically, no. I didn't. We did get a few months of, like, being stuck together Mm-hmm. in a room but i think you just relate to it based on like oh that is the modern world especially our age like we grew up in the age where the internet was like access to whatever you wanted to know well yeah i mean and right at our fingertips even, yeah sexting wasn't a thing until our generation like our generation created sexting 
Yeah. Um, we're so creative. Sure. Which it's not we're sex, so but it's the next best thing. It's the next best thing. That's true. Well, this uh, is why I think Welcome to the Internet is one of the best songs in the whole special. Okay. Well, that's true, but I don't want to I don't want to get there too fast. We're, that's we're the going, song we're on, right? We're, we're, are we not on that song? No. Are we going by each song individually? No, this is going to take forever. This is going to take forever. I'm going to try to go in order. Okay, and, if that's the case, we are on song 4. Which is how the world which works, is which is super. Works, which is one of my, that's one of my favorite yeah. uh, Same. moments. Same. And, th- and this is another, um, this is another song that I think, you know, well, we'll probably mention Welcome to the Internet multiple times because, you know, in Welcome to the Internet, he's like, uh, mommy, let you use your iPad. You were barely two, which that's probably the generation. That's the generation after us, I would assume. Yeah. We didn't have We didn't iPads have iPads. We no. But no, um, but we were close to that. By the time I could like con- like conceptualize what the internet was, it was available to me in every aspect. Not in an iPad though. Okay, not, not in a touchscreen, no, but not in a touchscreen, tiny yeah. mini laptop. In a Windows ninety eight version with a big a ass that I was able back. to boot up that yeah. took like fifteen I mean, minutes. Talking, Some AOL dial up. A AOL instant messenger. Yeah. We could talk about that all night long, but we're not going to. But um, how the world works, I mean, I have nephews, and so, you know, sometimes my sister or brother or sister-in-law and brother-in-law, you know, the kids sit in front of a screen, and how the world works, you know, initially starts as, like, this song for kids, you know, and a lot of kids grow up just, you know, hearing a kid's song on the internet or on, you know, Netflix Like Baby kids, Shark. Um, and, you know, the first half of the song is very cutesy, like, Oh, the world, you know, works. Everything has to work together. Uh, animals and and it's and like flowers. Semi, yeah, and flowers and semi-educational and everything works together. And then Sako shows up and talks about how fucked up the world is. Um, like, <laughs> uh, what did what did I even write about? He talks about uh, systematic oppression and income School inequality and oppression? the other stuff. Well, how, well, Sokka also talks about uh, how history classes are, you know, biased. Um, how the world like was built on history. genocide and blood. And blood. Yeah. And exploitation. He just gives a real, and, a real take on how our society came to be where it is. And it's very yeah, and violent think, and racist and everything you can imagine bad. Yeah, and I think Sako's last singing line on his verse is uh, every politician, every cop on the street serves to, um, or works to serve the pedophilic elite, which a lot of people found out about Jeffrey Epstein last year, like right before the pandemic happened. A lot of people, including myself, got into conspiracy theories, which we won't go too far down that rabbit hole. Um, but, like, I don't know. It, but the fact that it's, like, done as this kid's video... Um, and you're talking about some of the dark, darkest subjects of all of humanity that a lot of people, you know, when they were stuck inside, went down those rabbit holes of like, who's Jeffrey Epstein? What's going on with all this, uh, an island with kids and politicians going there? Um, you know, so I don't know that, but the song is just so like goofy. And then, and then Bo ends up, like telling Sako to shut up and puts him in his place and basically undoes uh, everything that Sako's trying, like, like Sako's like, hey, the world's fucked up. 
and you know there's people in power and they're oppressing all of us that all the people that don't have enough power and then Bo ends up oppressing Sako and keeping it is white well, yeah, supremacy yeah, no, it, like Bo enacts <laughs> yeah, exactly what, what Sako just said he's like yeah. no, shut up listen yeah. to me I'm in control of you because remember I'm, who's on whose hand yeah, here because I'm yeah. because I'm trying to become a better person I'm yeah. trying and like that is yeah. that that's for sure America <laughs> yeah oh yeah what is it called? Yeah. Divine providence or whatever, or manifest destiny, whatever those manifest whatever destiny that fucking manifest bullshit destiny. is. Well, I guess that's why um, we're in Idaho that, right now. That is a great Andrew Bird song, though. Manifest destiny. Um, if you like Andrew Bird, audience. Uh, but yeah, that's it's. I don't know. It it's ends humorous, completely. It ends completely ironic. Yes. Because. Yeah, exactly. Yes, He's it starts out. Bo Burnham is a master. Of and like, but it's still in this kid's setting the whole time. Yeah, because it's a sock puppet. Yes, it's a, a sock puppet. And, and, and then the yes, it very... ends with Bo Burnham putting the sock puppet in his place, basically playing the role of a white supremacist, and. But it's still very like childlike, and he kind of gets stern with them, and then they just go back into the song. Yes. Yeah. Sir. Uh, and then they just go back and that <laughs> yeah, sure. is how the world works. Yeah. Well, yeah, right after he's just like, yes, sir. That's mm-hmm. how it works. Like, lesson. It did yeah. and it hurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's how um, the world has learned their, their lesson too. Um, and yeah, so after, after that song, he does the, the social brand consultant bit, which is funny. I and, love that. Uh, yeah, that was and it's that, that's another one to me that is so... 2020. Yes, very 2020. Very 2020, because, um, yeah, uh, there were a lot of, you know, marches and social movements in the summer. Um, and, you know, for good reason, but there were so many businesses, you know, between Nike and Pepsi and whoever else. Bagel Bites. You know, ba- Wheat Thins. Bagel bites, Wheat Thins. Wheat Thins. Butterfinger. With bagel bites. You know, it's not what, what you're selling or what you're serving. It's what do you stand for? and um, Which will in turn just, create more brand awareness. More brand well, awareness. see, this is, I think this is why I found this funny. is because I kind of really relate to this because I do feel very conscious in who and what I buy from. Like whether that be food right. or a restaurant. Obviously, so I love brand food. brand aware. Or like or clothes <laughs> now. Like, I try to, yeah, exactly what he's saying. I try to, like, support businesses who I think are supporting good or, like, just movements I believe in, I yeah. guess. And but the main thing the business wants is your money. <laughs> and I think I did not. want to create more brand awareness. And so, by getting you to believe that they're doing this for the good so this song, like, it's funny because it diversity. hit me. I was like, oh, that's me. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. like, before now, like, I did not used to do this. But, like, now before I buy clothes, I literally, like, I was in a dressing room about a month ago trying on some jean shorts. And I looked at the brand and I'd never heard of it. So in the dressing room, I Googled that brand and I, like, looked it up. I looked yeah, up. You want to make make sure that children in sweatshirts. You're like, what yes. was their response they... on the George Floyd incident? Well, I'm like, what are they supporting? Like, what are they? Do they have, like, a diverse group of people modeling their clothes? Like, what do they stand for? <laughs> like, what are their clothes yeah, made from? Are. Where are they made? Like, all these things. And I never used to do that. But I definitely started doing that in 2020. So when yeah. I watched that, like, it was, it made me laugh because I was like, like, I don't know. I feel like it just smacked yeah. me in the face. I was like, so yeah. So now you're like, are you vaxxed yeah. gap? 
<laughs> Are you fast? <fixed? laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, after the, the social brand stuff is the Instagram song, which uh, is great. And I love... Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a white woman's Instagram. It's not just the Instagram song. It's the perfect white woman's Instagram song. And so many... I mean, he nailed that yes there's so many there's so many images that yes the I visuals have seen too with on, the words yeah the visuals like that that's the main maybe the main one where the visuals are just nailed if you've ever gone through a big or like a white woman's instagram that's a big um what's what's the word? influencer influencer, mm-hmm. influencer like there are so many images that you have seen before Go if you um, but, but I thought he should have added in one thing in this song, but he what, does do this a lot in the other songs where he'll kind of like have a little like I don't know what it's called, but it just like stops tempo in the middle change. of it. Yeah, like a tempo. He just mm-hmm. like drops a line, oh, it changes, even, and it goes back yeah. into it. But I did think if he wanted to be like super on, we'll say on brand with twenty twenty, he would have like in the middle of it been like a black square. And then oh, it cut, true. and then gone back know. into well, other things. Uh, I thought that would have been one thing that yeah. I was honestly, once I started watching it, I was like kind of waiting for it with how kind of like a narrative on that. the social media well, world of twenty twenty was. I thought that would have been a I really guess, good one. But I, th- I think white woman's Instagram does this interesting visual storytelling um, that I actually noticed on my second watch through, but I noticed it again on my third watch through. So the first verse, you know, um, is in like regular. Um, diameter i guess the the film and it's not until the chorus where he says white woman's instagram that the rest of the video he goes is to the four square, three like it yeah the, the four three uh like an instagram but then there's that little breakdown bridge where um this young woman is singing about her mom died <laughs> that's a decade so ago. sad and dark it comes out of nowhere well, no, no, it's no, it's not, no but it, i mean sure it's sad but what he does visually is he go the square the instagram square expands and you're like oh this is like a real person it's not i mean it's not but it's it's like oh this is a person who's gone through some hardships and then like so the the visuals expand and it's no longer just an instagram post it's a person and you are listening to this person tell a a personal tale of loss of their parents and but on social media but but then as a as that little bridge kind of, as the, yeah as that bridge like that's what's next yes, on the yes. feed yeah well yeah 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 as the bridge ends the visuals go back in I mean it's only very brief that it goes away from the square the Instagram square and then back to the Instagram dude, dude. square and good then, notice yeah, as soon as that's it gets, amazing that actually is really yeah that's some brilliance right there yeah yeah that it it was brilliant that like you know the song starts silly and ends silly um, and there's a lot of visual silliness or just uh accurateness mm-hmm. for a white woman's Instagram, Instagram that mo- that moment where there's kind of a breakdown bridge and it's more of a personal sad story it expands it's like, like even oh, this though is... this person's life looks perfect is this heaven type thing they show you this they little still, glimpse into this they are like, still a person yeah it's such a yeah. it's such a like yeah. spot-on dialogue like yes they probably curate 99.9 percent of the things <laughs> in their feed that's what white women do on instagram is we curate the shit out of things curate oh, yeah you try to make your you try to make your life look as glamorous but what then, did people used to curate was curating a thing back house, in like the 1800s maybe? Curate? I, I feel like that word just came to be curate 
Keep going. Sure. Well, I don't know. We'll break down curate in the next one. <laughs>